0: Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you, from that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey.
1: He is now accepting callers, he is calling me Dude.
0: And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug.
1: Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, the time change sucks. Why does it suck? You get an extra hour in the fall. It
0: sucks. Anyone who's a parent of a toddler knows that the time change is evil. I have a lovely child. She's adorable. You're her godfather. Yes. I am the godfather.
1: I'm the godfather.
0: And something about the time change turns her into the exorcist. I mean, really, it's bizarre. I don't know what yeah. has happened to my child. It's just an hour.
1: At, why, why would that make sense? I don't a know.
0: She's up at all hours of the night. She currently is wrecking havoc on my house (laughs) i mean she's like
1: bam bam yeah i mean no
0: she's not throwing things it's just i don't know i don't need to explain it to people who have a toddler you understand you know what's going on right
1: now and i'm blissfully ignorant i know yeah Yeah, like
0: why can't you come over
1: yeah i I sent you a lot of angry texts yeah Dude, wtf why aren't you here (laughs)
0: because i'm in my own version of
1: hell dude why can't the sharks win here's the question why can't the sharks beat columbus the worst team in the nhl
0: well dude i called for six points this week and i got a whole strap in two so um pretty disappointed in that yep I mean, some people can point to the Florida effort and feel good about that. I don't at all. I mean, you know, yeah, Florida stinks. Good job. You beat Al Montoya, (laughs) who is a borderline NHL player. Yeah. So congratulations. You got completely outclassed by Columbus, who is, you know. Bad. Bad and searching for any sign of identity. You know, they're basically starting over completely. And Columbus completely outworked the Sharks and beat them badly. And uh then the game the Sharks uns- did
1: outshoot them two to one.
0: Well they, they couldn't score, dude. I know. They could not score. Yeah. And they got jumped on early again, which you know appears to be a, a running theme with this team uh this year. And uh I don't know, sounds a lot like last year, which Yep. You know, um I think Kevin Curris wrote, you know, a pretty good piece after the Saturday night game. Where he said, you know, there's a lot of things to be concerned about. Mainly the fact that Pete DeBoer keeps saying at his press conferences, uh, "We didn't play very well in the first ten minutes." Yeah, and and I love his, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why.
1: Well, maybe TMac wasn't the problem. Is that what we're, is that where we're going well, with this?
0: Well. I mean, I think there was a lot of discussion about that. You know, it, getting rid of TMAC is going to be the problem or solve the problem. And for four games, it sure looked like it did. Yeah,
1: not now. But not now. And well, Chris Chris says on Periscope that uh, our power play and fourth line need work. Yes, Chris. Uh, yeah. Yes, they do. And um, Actually, I believe, at least the last time I checked, which may have been before the Anaheim game, last time I checked the Sharks were in the... They are 25th in penalty kill and 28th in power play. Yeah, that's, The Sharks are not only in the bottom
0: third, they're in the bottom sixth. That's humiliating. Yeah. That's humiliating. When you're running out a top power play unit that has Pavelski, Marlowe, Thornton,
1: Burns. Burns,
0: and it would have Couture. I mean, even if you don't have Couture, and you're putting out, hurdle martin i mean we got martin, to have a defense sooner or later well i mean some some a lot of teams then the sharks included or play you know fourth forward at the point that's that's terrible and you know you can't change the fact that the sharks are three and seven in their
1: last 10 dude they and, haven't scored a power play goal this month
0: yeah that's that's awful mm-hmm. and looking ahead You know, I mean, the games against the Islanders in Detroit, it's not going to get any easier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know where you go from here. I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? I mean, how much patience do you have? I mean, yes, it's a new coach. It's an entirely new coaching staff.
1: Dude, weren't you somewhat heartened by the Ducks game? I mean, sure, we didn't score. But other than the first 10 minutes, (laughs) wait, where have we heard that before? Other than the first 10 minutes. That's the
0: problem. I mean, that's the – no, I wasn't heartened by it at all because you couldn't uh, – They played a, well. But you couldn't put in a 60-minute effort, dude, and that's the problem. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't get 10 minutes – they don't spot you 10 minutes to warm up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I, that's been the problem with plus, this team.
1: The goal was a particularly bad one too. It's like, Corey Perry, really? You're going to let Corey Perry go? He got behind both defensemen. Neither of them looked behind him. He got he broke out, they turned around, of course they didn't catch him and he scores. You give Corey Perry a opportunity like that, he's gonna score. I think if this was a young
0: team, if this is Edmonton, you mm-hmm. can point at these things and go, you know what? We outplayed them for fifty minutes and we feel good. Or Buffalo mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know or even Columbus in their rebuilding mode right now. Yeah. But with the with the Sharks, no. Like, no, that's not a feel good thing because the way their roster's constructed, the way Doug Wilson went about going, you know, putting together free agents for this team. They're supposed to be competitive now, and they're not. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not. They were the first four games, and after that, they've been bottom feeders in the league.
1: The only plus. I have to this week at all, frankly, as you said, the Florida game was not particularly overwhelming. But Staylock did put in a 940 save percentage, so he certainly rebounded. And Jones had a really good outing against the Ducks, I thought. So goaltending is really the only non-problem I think with the Sharks right now, and it seems like everything else is the problem. And the fourth line is good, but you know they're bringing up Brian Lurg and Michael Haley and all these guys. And and I I know that John Allred and some of these guys that follow the Barracuda say, you know, you guys are going to really like. Michael Haley and you know, he watched the Worcester Sharks last year. I barely noticed Michael Haley. I mean, was he a huge
0: Michael Haley was the third starter in the game against yeah. Florida, which is hilarious. They didn't give a star to Patrick Marlowe for making that sick move. Yeah. They gave one to Michael Haley for his energized seven minutes. I mean, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. now we've, we've had some listeners, you know, saying, well, Melker Carlson is coming back. He's on coming Tuesday. back. He's coming and back. that's true. But I hope he's healthy. Well, I mean, he played two games for the Barracuda, and he had ten shots and two assists or something. He's going to play on the third line, looks like, with Nieto
1: and... Wingles? Wingles. Maybe. Uh, Matt Nieto also nowhere to be found.
0: No, I, it's,
1: it's really... There's, there's a lot of points of frustration with this team right now. We are. went from such a high to such a low.
0: There are, and I don't think you can completely hang this on Couture's absence, although that has something to do with it. Yeah, Um, it shouldn't have that much of a ripple effect, or or perhaps we're underestimating how important he is to this team. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Sharks are drastically underperforming, and you know, management has already made a major change in terms of the coach.
1: Mm -hmm. So. What's next, dude? And the rumor mill is a buzz. <laughs> the rumor mill is a buzz. I knew we were going to get to that soon because this is by far going to be the most entertaining part of the show where we get to talk about the Patrick Marlowe rumors. Because talking about the way this team has performed in the last week is not nearly as much fun as talking about trade rumors, dude. We love crazy trades. And Patrick Marlowe, who is it? Elliot Friedman? Right. Yeah. Elliot
0: Friedman and Damian Cox both saying that, uh, you know, Marlowe's name has come up in the rumor mill and that there is apparently a team that is very much aggressively pursuing him. Mm -hmm. Hasn't gotten to the point yet where Marlowe's been asked to waive his no trade or I guess, you know, Doug Wilson hasn't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Doug Wilson's saying, no, thank you. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's, you know, we don't know what's going on. Is there a team that wants him? Sure. We don't, this is common practice, right? Where teams talk to each other about each other's players because you're trying to gauge the value of your player. Yeah. It may mean you have no interest in moving them, right? Maybe. But I can't imagine that Doug Wilson has no interest in moving Patrick <laughs> Marlowe. I mean, really, no interest. I'm sure he does. Yeah. And that's true. What, dude, what is an acceptable situation here? I mean, I think we all understand, no matter what sort of fantasies we may play out in our head. And no matter you know how great of a soldier Patrick Marlowe has been, and you know is no doubt you know a, a a Sharks you know retired number. He's on the the Mount Rushmore, of course. Yeah, but this franchise is at a crossroads.
1: Yeah, and it certainly looks like they might need a little bit of a change here.
0: Now this this can't if this is real, dude. Mm-hmm. What? What is an acceptable return in your mind for Patrick Marlowe if this is real right now? Bucket of warm spit. Dude. <laughs> Dude, I don't need you to josh me right
1: now. Dude, I I know. I think you, did you say you want a young player in a first? Yes, I did. And I think you're absolutely high. Well, I, then I don't. I can't think. But then,
0: a- but then I don't trade him. I hang up on Steve Iserman because that's who I think the team is, that wants him. It's my guess. Why?
1: You think they're hedging against Stamkos? I mean, why would they need a forward? Well, I think
0: that they're trying to get, you know, they're they're trying to ramp up. Try, Here, look, St- yeah. Stamkos, look what we're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's you know, true. They could be trying to prove look something. Look what we're doing.
0: You know what I mean? And and we're we're going to make a point. You know, and they've got young talent to spare. It's true. I think DW has been looking to replace that first-round pick that he traded all along.
1: First-round pick is one thing. A first-round pick and a good young player is another.
0: Well, if someone is willing to pay that price, you maybe try to pull the
1: trigger now. If they're not, then you don't. Patrick Marlowe, of course, when asked about this after the Anaheim game, said, Oh, that started earlier than usual (laughs) this year. sure. Which is a pretty funny comment.
0: This has been... We've been talking about this for four years. It's true. You know, and... Unless he wants to go anywhere, it's not going to happen.
1: Is that, is that your impression from that flippant response?
0: No, because I, I, I think I think it is nothing right now other than, than rumor. But uh, there's nothing that makes me believe that he wants to leave. Right. Yeah, so, certainly not. I mean, wh- why is this any different? It's no worse than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was really worse
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, at least
1: he's had some good goals this year. Sure.
0: So, no, I don't think it's going to happen unless the Sharks are completely overwhelmed by an offer and they try and pressure him into going.
1: I don't, what, with what leverage? How could they possibly pressure him?
0: I was saying, we really don't want you here anymore and um, it's time to go. And then he could say no, right? But then that would be really awkward. But it's not like DW's is uh, averse to some sort of awkward situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he's not averse to that. Then Patrick Barlow could say Doug Wilson should stop lying, and then we can replay right. this whole thing out again. <laughs> that would be really fun. I
0: mean, the Sharks are painted in a corner, dude. They are painted in a corner. Even if they want to trade these two guys, they can't. I mean, they they really they can't unless they want to leave.
1: I know. I know. Andy Bench wrote that there's no chance that he's going to get traded. And well,
0: Andy Bench is always right. <laughs>
1: I sense irony. I'm sensing irony here. No, I I don't know how you can pick up on that. Periscope. (laughs) Periscope has no idea. I can't see that at all. But on this, I agree with him. I I think, uh, I, at first I thought he was a little strident and usually these kinds of rumors aren't as specific and they aren't as they aren't floated by as reputable sources as Elliot Freeman. And I'm not saying Elliot Freeman's never gotten anything wrong, uh, or Damian Cox for that matter. But I mean, these guys are relatively respected in the, in the media. This isn't like, uh, who was the guy on Hockey Buzz? Was that guy's name again? Eckland. This isn't like an Eklund E three rumor or something. I mean, this is like you know national media saying that there's a team that really wants Patrick Marlow, which is which is interesting. But that's one side of the equation. I think the other side, as you said, is, uh, I think going to be a lot more tricky. I I can't honestly imagine, um, a situation where Patrick Marlow would agree to a trade unless. Um the well, you know, actually one team that might need a little bit of scoring would be Montreal. I was ju- just gonna say Montreal, though Patrick Marleau is not from he's not from Quebec. This but- could be the only situation that I see, right?
0: I mean, Iserman gets permission to talk to Marlowe and convinces him to come. Mm-hmm. Or someone like that, someone who has that kind of presence, credibility. True. You know, you have a, a GM like that who is one of the most respected people in hockey. You know, they say, listen, we're gonna we've agreed to a trade. Marlo doesn't want to go. He gets permission to contact him and talks him into it. Right. Now I mean like he says, Listen, you're not gonna win a cup in San Jose. Come you wanna win a cup?
1: <laughs> right. We're gonna win yeah. We're gonna win a cup. Who else you got? I mean, who who else has a better chance than us right now if you're if you're the lightning? Do you That's wanna win a saying. cup?
0: Do you wanna play with Stamkos?
1: Right. Because we can make that happen.
0: I mean, these other teams that are listed in the press box: Winnipeg, Edmonton, yeah, well, Florida, Columbus. To- Hilarious. I mean, that's not sure they may want him, but that's never going to happen. Yeah. The only one that I'd I I'd really
1: love to go where it's forty below for right. nine months a year. The,
0: the only one that I believe is is actually possible is Tampa Bay. This deal, and then and it's because the Eiserman factor. That's the only reason why. That's it, dude. That's a that's a really good that's good thinking, dude. I I uh... so people are asking about Joe Thornton. I mean. You know, the owner said Joe Thornton is going to retire a San Jose Shark. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I just I don't see it happening. You know what I mean? I just I don't see it happening. And you know, Joe says he wants to take care of unfinished business, right? Now you know what always happens when this crap happens, dude. The sharks rattle off about six straight wins. Right. So um I'm hoping that's what happens. Bottom line, we want the Sharks to win the cup, dude. That that's what we want. That's what we
1: want. But it's it's I you really have to squint and take a lot of drugs to see how they could do it right now, the way they've been playing. And this is the same problem. This is one of the reasons why this team last year made us so crazy, is because they play a team like Columbus and lose. And they lose big at home. Right. And this is one of the worst teams in the NHL. They lost a ton. They fire their coach. They get a new coach. They continue to lose.
0: They've got a rotating door of people coming up and down, up and down to play on the fourth line. Right. They're bringing up defensemen, these AHL defensemen, you know, Canardy and... Uh, and other folks, I mean, there's some other guy who was up here for it. They didn't even play. I mean, they're here. Like, why are they here? Like, what? They're, I guess they're in San Jose. They didn't have to move. Might as well. I mean, so. but don't have just to ride gonna, a bus. Yeah. So just going to watch him practice? I mean, can't you watch him practice? Like, it's just it's strange. Like, I I don't totally understand what's going on. The, the fourth line situation is, is ludicrous. And they really screwed that up, mm-hmm. and then they just again again, and you know they've apparently you know thrown they've thrown in the towel on Barclay Goudreau, which i I don't totally understand um he didn't seem
1: terrible to me, he didn't no worse than anybody else. I mean, who's doing better than he was I don't know actually one thing that's kind of interesting is, um, I heard from my friend that that maybe. And this is third hand, so this may not be true. Maybe somebody on Periscope can, can confirm this. But I think Jeff Merrick said that Chris Tierney would be a slam dunk roster player on any other team in the league. And he doesn't understand why he's being played the way he's being played in San Jose. And this was on a recent Puck Daddy podcast. Now, I, I don't know if that's what he said. I don't know if that was the gist or the meaning of it. But I heard that's I heard that third hand. And that, that made me perk up a little bit, I have to admit. I mean, I would love to see Chris Tierney uh, become one of those guys that's just and automatic.
0: He's a guy who's displayed a lot of skill, but he's miscast as a fourth line player. He's miscast, dude. Like, I, I don't know. The, it's fru- it's, it's, been the Sharks, it's been the Sharks problem for a few years where they're, I don't know, trying to go with four skilled lines or you're right. not, you're not getting, I mean, they've gotten a few of these players in the past, but you know, where's, where's the Curtis Brown type fourth line center, right? You know, Where's that player? You know that guy who you know what he's gonna do. He's gonna. Where's Manny Malhotra? Right. Yeah. You, you don't need him to score. You need him to play defense, be responsible in his zone, win faceoffs, and right. be a general pain in the ass. Right. We don't have and, that guy. Yeah. You don't. You don't need four scoring lines. Teams don't win with that.
1: Yeah. So not today. No. Oh, dude. I think we better cut this thing off soon before we really get salty about it. <laughs> it's so funny. The highs and the lows, dude. But I I Well think it
0: started it couldn't have, the season couldn't have started better. I, I mean think, it really it really was it seemed like everything was gonna be different, right?
1: But I think I think you found you sometimes I have trouble finding the title for the podcast week to week, and, and I admit some of them are not my best work. But I think that the title for this week is The Fourth Line is Ludicrous that you said a couple minutes ago. I think that's the title. This is this is what we're looking at. We're looking at this random rotating cast of characters. We're bringing guys up and not playing them, like you said. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I, I, there now, were players. Now I'm coming around to your side, where you said before the season, you said, "Why don't they go out? Thank you, and get Scotty Upshaw or somebody? You know, why don't they get one of these guys not on the trial? Not even tryout? take a look. Not even to take a look. You're right, because like... now I I thought they were committed to playing some of these guys, and now it looks like they're patching holes with guys that they know have no chance and and the question is if if we're nine games into the season and we're already patching multiple holes in this leaky boat i mean the only guy that's out is couture and it's not like he was playing the fourth line anyway why couldn't these holes be plugged before the season with guys that were available why don't we go get some of those guys now hell why not what's to stop the sharks from going out and they signing have, nope, they don't have any signing joe murphy <laughs>
0: they have no assets dude i mean that's yeah. the, the problem is the sharks have no assets so they've they don't have any tradable assets
1: well you aren't there some guys that are need that need a job right now yes go get a hl guy that was in the i mean peter Budai's ripping up the american league as nearly as i can tell <laughs> i'm not peter that we, Budai. A, we don't need a goalie. we don't need a goalie thank god but peter Budai apparently is is tearing well, it up
0: Right. I don't know if there's anybody on the scrap heap right now that can that can help, but I think that there were players that were out there. I mean, some of them have retired. I mean, Curtis Glencross just <laughs> retired, yeah, you know? right. I mean, maybe he was so bad yeah, get at him this to come point. Back. You, no, I mean, I mean, he he couldn't make like three teams out of camp, you know? But I mean, I don't understand. Like, really, we didn't
1: want to take a look at him? Like, really? Well, I I think at the time, if we thought Goodrow and, and these guys were going to fill in, and now... They can't make the roster. Hell, I mean, I'd happily throw It'll be interesting to
0: see what Milker Carlson, his impact has. Are we overestimating how much he can help? You know I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy has played like 40 NHL games. Right. He's not going to come in and be the savior. But we do know he's a reliable player. So, you know, can he come in and stabilize that third line? I mean, can he make that line more dangerous? It's certainly not going to be... A true third line. I I love the third lines that were. I mean, remember how annoying that Paulson, yeah, Niedermeyer, Travis Mullen
1: line was in Anaheim. I remember it
0: was so so, and it was a
1: big reason why they won the cup that time. It was
0: brutal to play against. Or when Dave Boland was at his you know peak mm, right. in Chicago, and Christopher Like That was annoying. Like yes. those guys, they had some skill, but they were mostly just annoying. Really hard to play against. Mm-hmm. And the Sharks kind of found that mojo a little bit when they trade for Rafi Torres, and he played that way right. right when he first came over. The Sharks don't have that right now. Their third line is is kind of soft. And Wingles,
1: I mean, yeah.
0: what's happened to Tommy Wingles?
1: Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. That's another one. He,
0: he's His energy has just, I feel like, it's kind of evaporated. And I don't know if you feel that way or not.
1: I, you don't notice him nearly as much. it's true
0: for a guy who you know is good for a few big hits and seemed to always play with a lot of tenacity It's just
1: it sort of seems like maybe like Brendan Dillon's that guy now like he had that little that f- funny scrap against the ducks where he sort of attacked that guy that took out was it Nieto he took out I mean it was sort of a a bit of a laid hit and and then then uh you know who came in and and Haley came in and fought. And then there was a second fight. And and it seems like Dylan's sort of that guy right now on, on the defensive side. He's, he's pretty, he's pretty agitating.
0: It's, it's upsetting that what 14, 15 games in were searching for answers. Yeah. You know,
1: it is dude. Let's turn to the other NHL before we get too despondent here. Um, Connor McDavid out. Yeah. How big of a deal is this for the Oilers and for the league? It's a big deal for everybody.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, this is the next great star. What do you have, like 10
1: points already or something? Yeah, I mean, I he had like he, a point. He kind of,
0: you know, he's kind of hitting his stride a little bit. And, you know, unfortunately for the kid, you know, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. And, you know, you feel for the Oilers fans too. I mean, good Lord, dude. I yeah. mean,
1: you know. Well. I I don't feel that bad for them. They've managed to screw that team up so badly. And they've they've gotten so frigging lucky with those number one picks. I am not going to shed a tear for the Edmonton Oilers. Well,
0: dude, I mean, you're not maybe getting upset for the organization, but you feel for
1: those fans. I mean, those fans... Oh, boo-hoo. We only won five cups in the 80s. Wow. Ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone just said F the Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'm you're with them. Right,
1: you're well, right. Wow. We have a okay. one since 1990. All We've right. never won, All right. right? All right, Toronto everybody. has a one since 64, right, and I love yeah. it. Okay, okay. I love that part. Uh, well, what else is going up? Montreal continues to just beat everybody. Yeah. They're playing well. And Dallas was number one in the ESPN power rankings for whatever that's worth. But now sure. Montreal's back. Sure. Are you... Are you are you a believer yet in no. my Dallas prediction? No. Why not?
0: Because I think their D stinks, and you know I, I don't think they're going to be able to to hold it together. And I do not believe in the two headed, you know, finish monster. Like <laughs> I just don't. Like I I think they're playing well. They have the second most points in the NHL. I'm sure they do, dude. And I I'm telling you right now, they're going to regress. They're going to regress. They're not that far ahead of St. Louis and Minnesota and like you look how tight that is like they're yeah. only 6 points ahead. Yeah. They're going to they're going to fall behind. Dude, I'm they're going to barely make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying.
1: Dude, without looking at the standings that I have up right now, what team has the worst goal differential in the NHL? Columbus. Nope. Um Toronto. Uh no, it is not. Buffalo. Nope. Calgary it's Calgary really yeah Calgary is boss <laughs> <laughs> they uh. are they are just terrible I mean they, and Edmonton's really unlucky because they have fewer points but a much much better goal differential they're only minus eight and they have fewer points than Calgary who is minus 22 good lord Calgary just all the all the analytics guys just including me must be are so happy because uh. we, we sort of uh. called this yeah that Calgary well, they is.
0: won two straight dude we.
1: we good for them LA's back on top of the Pacific dude and and Anaheim uh well we gave them a couple points there so they're they're coming back but uh, Arizona is still ahead of Anaheim dude how fast does this division shake out are we going to see a true leaderboard here in the Pacific before Christmas or is this not going to shake out until the new year
0: yeah no i Anaheim will rise past Arizona who will you know completely fold soon, dude there's no i mean the the thing is can the sharks stay in that top four i mean you know i'm playing
1: 500 hockey
0: are they going to be able to stay with anaheim and la you know i mean because vancouver is going to regress too they already are they've lost three in a row but you look at the sharks are three and seven and what other team in the last 10 has as bad of a record toronto and florida
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. not good.
0: No, not good. That's not the company you want to keep. Nope. That is not the company you want. To, and Colorado also not the company you want to keep.
1: <laughs> we have a guy from Colorado watching the, watching the Paris. I know he
0: keeps saying abs over and over again.
1: Really? Yeah. That's why your team's losing. He's got Tourette's <laughs> as many times you say, yeah, they they're still going to be terrible. Abs. Uh, abs. Dude, I think we, we, should, we should wrap this up uh, and, and see if we can think positive. Maybe the Sharks can find a little mojo against the Islanders. Are, there, are they going on the road? They're going on the road. Am I right?
0: Yeah, Detroit is a road game. And then I think they go to Buffalo, Boston. It's, you know. So it,
1: maybe sometimes you get away, you stay in the hotels. I'm going to say <laughs> something about road, but I'm not going to say that. And, you know, you, you have a couple drinks in the hotel bar and you're away from your family and, <laughs> okay. and you just you can concentrate on hockey.
0: All right, dude. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. I've, I, I'm, I'm getting concerned though. I'm, I'm concerned get- that this team is just, you know, rudderless again. Yes, they look, they look clueless, especially in the first ten minutes. If they can figure out a way to fix that, yeah, then you're right. I mean, they've outplayed all three teams. You know, in the last three games, mm-hmm. in the last fifty minutes. It's just unfortunate. That they were already behind or, you know, reeling by the time they got to playing well.
1: All right, dude. Well, let's hold a good thought for the Sharks as they go on the road, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
0: Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dude's on hockey is not affiliated with the San Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.